Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing? Good morning. Welcome to church. We got two people who are doing fabulous. They're doing good enough for all of you in here, right? Hey, welcome to church. My name is Keith. I'm the campus pastor here. Thanks for being with us this morning. I'm seeing some new faces, so welcome to Renew Life. Hope that you enjoy today, um, get a lot out of today, that the Lord blesses, blesses your life today. How many of you are believing for God to touch you today? Just raise your hand because now you're believing it now, right? It's like, oh, I wasn't, but I am now. Okay, good, good. Um, <clears throat> we're just, every time we come in this place, we're believing that, that God actually does something in your life. Amen. Like he can literally touch you and, and, and literally um, take you to new places in him every single Sunday. Every single day if you will let him. If you'll lean into him and lean into the things of God. Um, they're always transforming us. They're always growing us. They're always moving us forward. Amen. And uh, today, today is going to be no different. Before we get to our message, I, I want to I want to share a little vision, um, just just to the just to us as a church behind something that we're going to be doing over over Labor Day weekend. So for those of you who don't know, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And um, just to kind of let the the cat out of the bag, we will not be having services over Labor Day weekend. So um, I know you don't feel like you can cheer, but I know you're cheering in your heart. I know my staff. My staff is cheering in their heart. Um, but I actually want to share why we want to do this um, and why we're, why, we're gonna, why, why we're actually going to be taking off on that, that Sunday. Um, number one, it's, it's because we believe in having strong families in this church. Anybody else believe in that? It's kind of important, right? Uh, you know, this is, this is not just a church that I lead. This is a church that I'm a part of. For our staff, we don't want this just to be a church that we lead. We want this to be a church that we're a part of, that we partake in, um, that we get to do life with and um, engage in the things that our church body gets to engage in. And I, I say that because as a, as a family, I think one of the, some of the, the best opportunities to hang out and be around each other are over these long weekends. Uh, they're, they're over the Labor Days. They're over the Memorial Day weekend. And, and so... Um, we're looking at, at taking off a couple of Sundays, two or three Sundays a year um, on those kind of more down Sundays where you have the long weekends. Um, you know, truth be told, in church world, those are the worst weekends to try and find volunteers. And not going to lie, they're the hardest rooms to preach to as well. <laughs> it's like, where is everybody? They're out having fun, and you're not, Keith. That's where they're at. They're having fun. Um, but, but honestly... It's not just to fulfill our, or our, our, our help our egos or, or, or to um, give our volunteers a break. That's a part of it. But honestly, it's about us giving our people in our church the opportunity to really dive in and spend time with family. And, um, and so we're, we're, we want that for you. Can I just say that? We want that weekend to be a weekend where you go out. If you want to leave for the weekend, do it guilt-free. Get out of here. Get out of town. If you want to sleep in on Sunday, sleep in. Why? Because this is about family. Um, also, another reason we're doing it is because the kingdom is way bigger than just a Sunday service. The kingdom of God is just, it's way bigger than, than if we meet or not. Now, what I'm not saying is that it doesn't matter if we meet or not. It matters. 
Scripture tells us, right? It says, hey, don't forsake the, the, the gathering together, the assembly of the church. This is one of the things that we are, are definitely called to do is to come together. Um, but I just kind of wanted to, just to share that with you today that, you know, we're coming up in a couple of weeks, September 3rd, we're going to be off on that Sunday and, um, and take advantage of it. I'd even encourage you, like, if you have some friends and y'all want to go to brunch and hang out as a church family, go. Be a great weekend to do it. Actually get up and go hang out with one another. Me and Natalie love brunch. I'm going to get a lot of Jesus while I'm sitting there eating. You got to get something savory, and then you got to get something sweet. Come on, somebody. And if you want to get coffee and orange juice, you should. Some of you are like, Am I, I'm allowed to do that? You're allowed to do that. You're a grown adult. You can do whatever you want when you go to brunch. You can have your sweets first if you want to. Come on. If you just want to eat pancakes and that's it, you can do that too. Okay, sorry. I got I to gotta move on. I did not eat breakfast this morning. I'm hungry. All right. <clears throat> so enjoy, enjoy that weekend with your families, and you can go ahead and start making plans now if you'd like. Um, all right, let's turn to Colossians chapter 3 and dive into our message today. Colossians chapter 3. We read, we read this scripture last week, and I want to read it to you again. Uh, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 11, and I want to continue, just, just so you have an idea of where we're headed today. It's actually a continuation of what we talked about last week, and I want to talk to you around the idea of performance and identity. We all struggle with this thing called performance. Performance seems to be this part of our life. And if we're not careful, we will let performance get over into our relationship with God. We'll let performance get over into, can I say it this way, get over into the kingdom and into kingdom ways. And I'll just be honest with you, performance actually doesn't belong in the kingdom. And I'll explain that to you here in a moment. But performance and identity actually go together. Identity, finding our identity in Christ actually begins to eliminate the performance out of our life. So we're actually going to see that, that today. Let's start with some scripture. This is Paul talking to believers. Come on, say, that's me. He was talking to the church. And notice what he said to them. He said, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. It's a great statement right there. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. This is something that you will hear time and time again here at Renew Life Church. We will ask you that question. Is your life hidden? How hidden are you in Christ? In other words, how much of your identity is all the way in him? This is Paul talking about our, our new life in Christ Jesus. You used to have this old life. He's about to get into this old sinful nature, this old way of living before you knew Jesus. And when you accept Jesus into your life, you begin to follow him. He begins, he actually transforms you in that moment. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Um, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. You're a new creature can I, just say, can I just say this? He did not just fix your behavior when you were saved. He didn't take a, a, a big old messed up pile of you and just kind of put it back together. He said, no, 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 
That's just too messed up. I'm just going to make them brand stinking new. Brand new. And here Paul is saying that real life, that, that you being that new creature, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you'll share in all his glory. Verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Do not lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Verse 10, put on your new nature. Come on, say new nature. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. One of the, one of the tasks we have as, as a believer is, is this task of renewing ourselves to who we already are. If we're honest, it's kind of a weird concept. He just, he just tells us, your old man is dead, now take it off. Wait, wait, I thought you just said we didn't have it anymore. Why are you telling us to strip it off? Wait, I thought we already are a new creature. Why do we have to renew our, ourselves? Why do, we have to, it, why do we have to put on this, this new creation? What Paul is actually is describing to you, he's giving you language for what you do right here. What you do right here in your soul realm. Um, we all know this. I shouldn't have to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, we all know that like, you didn't stop cussing the moment you got saved. You didn't stop thinking bad things. You didn't stop uh, all the way living the, the horrible life that you lived before. There was, there was probably a lot that you did stop. But there still seems to be this part of you that kind of sticks around. And, 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 it's, and he's, he's trying to teach you the way that you get rid of that thing is by taking it off. The way that you take it off is by believing it ain't on. It's this, it's this idea, I'm going to engage my belief, I'm going to engage my faith that I'm actually a new creature in Christ Jesus. That is actually who I am. I don't have a sin nature. I may sin, but I don't have a sin nature. And he's just teaching you, you put off those things. Put off those things. He's teaching us what that sin nature sounds like, what it looks like, what it feels like. It looks like anger, looks like lust, looks like malicious behavior, looks like dirty language, looks like, looks like um, um, being greedy. And he's, he's identifying to us and teaching us, hey, that part of you is the part that is dead. Amen. Your new life is hidden with Christ in God. So he says, put on your new nature and be renewed, renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And here's the catch in verse 11. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us, and he lives in all of us.
Today, I want to title the message, Getting Rid of Performance. Getting Rid of Performance. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just, we come to you right now. We ask you to help us get rid of performance. <laughs> there's any area of our life where we are performing, we want it out. We want it to stop. And I pray that as, we, as I preach this message today that we would just sink deeper and deeper into who we really are in you. That we would sink deeper into our true identity, into our righteousness, into our sonship, into our daughterhood, into the family that we're a part of, the brotherhood, the priesthood, that we would actually begin to sink deeper into you. That I ask you today that we would be conformed to the likeness of your image. That as we look at you, as we look at grace, as we, as we stare in your, in your face and in your scripture, that like scripture says, it would be a mirror, that we would begin to reflect what we see today. Come on, I just feel we need to pray, pray to a little bit longer this morning. Lord, that, that you would help us um, to understand your word, that your word would become life to us in this moment, that your word would become life to us in this moment. I'm believing for some of you today that as we read the word and as we talk around the word, that life is going to infiltrate your soul. Encouragement is going to come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the courage that is instilled in us just by talking about you. Even if it's not even what the, the thing that we're going through right now, just talking about you and reading your word, there is life in your word. We receive the life that is in your word. Yeah, we just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, would you fill us up with your life? Fill us with life and light. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. <clears throat> Getting rid of performance. You know, I um, last week we, we dove into this idea of getting rid of performance. And if you remember, we began to talk about, um, and, and, and I be, began to try to help you identify and eliminate all the places in your life where you've put your identity in something other than Jesus. Um, let's all just be super vulnerable and honest today. There is an area, there is a part of our identity right now that is not found in him. If, if you've lived for very long, in fact, the, the more that you mature in Christ, the more that you mature in your relationship with God, the more you'll, you'll begin to discover the areas that you haven't put your identity in him. And it's not, it's not that there's something messed up with us. It's just something that we fall into so easily. Why do we fall so easily into performance? And why do we fall so easily into putting our identity into other things? The reason we fall so easily into it is because we, have, we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen culture. We even have a somewhat of a fallen culture in church because it's all, it's all filled up with fallen people. And, and life stings. Life hurts you. People hurt you. And you know what people will do when people hurt them? They will recoil. They will, they will, get, they will, they will pull back. They will, they will no longer trust. And, and, and things will happen. And because you get hurt, because things don't work out, because you make mistakes, all of a sudden these little things come and they start to chip away at who you are in him. <laughs> 
You make a mistake, you get over it the first time. No, 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 I'm righteous. I know I'm, uh, I, I sin, but I'm not a sinner. But what happens when you do it again and again and again? Sometimes I would argue that most of us sometimes deal with the fact that uh, I actually am not who I thought I was. Maybe I'm not as strong as God says I am. Maybe I'm not as righteous as his word says I am. Maybe you get hurt by people. And all of a sudden, because you don't want to be hurt or disappointed by people again, you start to please people so that you might not ever feel that again. And before you know it, you start to put your identity in what people think about you. It, it's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, in my opinion. You can be so sure in seasons of your identity in him. And then life can happen, and you need to be renewed back to this, the place you used to be. I saw in this series, I had a, just a vision of, of the Lord reaching up and pulling us out of the worlds that we find ourselves in. I want you to picture this, that we, we, we find ourselves in these, in these world, in these atmosphere, if you could even picture it as like a cloud, where we have put our identity. We live in this, in this world of my success is my identity. Uh, the, uh, people being pleased with me is my identity. Um, the, how much money I make is my identity. Who I get to hang out with is my identity. And we live and our identity is tied up in these world, in these worlds. And I, I know it kind of sounds, the vision sounds weird, but most are. Um, it's, I felt like God reached up and he grabbed, if, if you will let him, he will reach up and take you out of that world and hold you in his hand. Stripped of every title, stripped of every talent, stripped of, of, of all the things that you hang your hat on. Looking at you saying, no, this is enough. You are enough. I, I proposed this question to you last week, and I want to propose it to you again. Is being a child enough? Is being a son of the Most High enough? Is being a daughter of the King enough? Because you know what I, I believe we're all on a journey in is, is, is this place where I, I feel like for the last six months, I've been convincing you of who you are in him. And you're probably thinking, would you please shut up about that? It's like, you, you can tell me for about five minutes, makes me feel good, then I got it, Keith. I've been convincing you of who you actually are in him. And then what, what happens when you begin to finally taste that and really believe it, what begins to happen is you go on a journey asking yourself, trying to come to terms with, is that actually enough? Is it enough? And guess who takes you on the journey? The Lord. Guess who brings about opportunities to expose areas where it's not enough? The Lord. Little something I like to call pruning. Little something that we never like to sign up for. <clears throat> but it is, it is a part of our journey in him. Amen.
I want, I want you to ask yourself the question today for real. Is being a son enough? And if it's no, say no. Tell him it's not in this area. Because it's in your honesty with him that he'll actually begin to transform you. Because the answer to the question, is being a child enough, is yes. The answer that people are looking for right now is your identity needs to be completely in Jesus Christ. You know we're, you know we're in a war right now, right? And the war is on people's identity. That is what the enemy is attacking. And you know what people are putting their identity in? They're putting their identity into their feelings. That's who they've chosen. I feel this, so I am this. I feel this, so I am this. Um, anybody else agree that that's extremely dangerous? I feel a lot of things that I, don't, I would never even say from up here. But I'm unashamed because I know you feel them too. And I know you think them too. Why? Because it's the unrenewed part of our being. Identity, man. There is a war for our performance. There is a war for our identity. It is, it is, it is huge. And, and Paul actually addresses this question. He actually gives us the answer. He actually addresses this whole idea of what should we put our identity in anything else? And here's what he says. I'll read it again in verse 11. In this new life, in other words, in the new life as a believer, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't matter, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, free, $100,000 job, $30,000 job, teacher, doctor, redneck, sophisticated. <clears throat> Stylish, not. <laughs> Funny, a little bit boring. Extroverted, introverted. The list goes on. And athletic, kind of look like a deer, a Bambi, just running around out there on the field, like not athletic. He's saying, you know all that stuff? Doesn't matter. When it comes to your identity, it doesn't matter. You know what matters? Christ. Christ is all that matters. And here's the, here's the big statement he goes, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. He lives in the barbaric. He lives in the uncivilized. He lives in the dramatic and in the chill. He lives in the disciplined person and in the undisciplined person. Our identity is completely in him. Now, the question that I want to answer today is, why, why does all of this matter? I ask myself this question a lot. Why am I preaching this? What, what, why does this matter so much that we get our identity right, that we, we find places where we put our identity in, in things other than Christ and take them out? Why, why is that? Here's one of the reasons. Because any area that you're putting your identity into something other than him 
is an area that you're performing for. And I propose to, to you that if you're performing, you're not really living. If you're performing, you're not really living. You know what performance is? Performance is the old covenant. Performance is the law. Performance is what you had to do before Jesus showed up and did what he did. In the old covenant, you performed. It was all about how well you performed. But in the new covenant, performance gets erased. In the new covenant, freedom comes. Come on. I said freedom comes. You don't have to perform in the new covenant. Because there was one thing that was already performed. It was what Jesus did for us. You see, many of us put our identity in other things, and whatever we have our identity in, we're actually, we're actually working and serving that thing. We're performing for that thing. Let me give you an example. If your identity is in how much money you make, or just a little bit of your identity is in how much money you make, Hear me, you are performing for money. You're working for it. And God made this statement. He said, you can't serve God in money. And you can pretty much take the word money out and replace it with anything else. You can't serve God and really anything else. Oh man, but money's a big one. See, whatever you have your identity in, Wherever you find, let me say it this way, wherever you find identity, wherever you get identity from, you'll begin to serve it. I remember my, my pastor a long time ago, he taught me this, this principle, and it's just stuck with me forever. Um, <clears throat> he said, if you won't serve money, money will serve you. This is kind of a side note to my message today. <laughs> if you won't serve money, money will serve you. I'm not driven by money. I'm not putting my identity into money. No, no, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add everything unto me. And so if I keep my focus and my identity into him, what happens? All of a sudden, all the other things start to fall in line. All of a sudden, all the other things come into my life to take care of me. Amen? If we, if we put our identity into people's approval, guess what we'll start doing? We'll start performing for people's approval. If it's in our image, we'll spend a lot of time trying to keep that image. And um, I, don't, I don't mean to say this to be overdramatic or to make this a bigger deal than it is, but the Lord showed me this Here's what's really happening. If you put your identity in anything other than him, that thing has the potential to become an idol. It's a modern-day idol. What do you mean? Well, it becomes the thing that you serve over him. So if your identity is in pleasing people, and he comes and says, hey, I would like you, 
to go over and pray for that person at your work. If your identity is in pleasing people, you might say, well, that won't please that person. That might not please the coworker that sits next to them in that desk. And, then you, and, and because your identity is in that, is this making sense? You'll serve that rather than serve the, what the Lord has just told you to do. You'll begin to worship that. There's a lot of people who worship their image. They would never say that. They would never consciously say, oh, I have idols in my life. But the truth is they do. We do. That's why it's so important that we, we take, we find these places and we eliminate them from our life. See, I actually really want to encourage you today. I'm not here just to convict you, okay? I actually really want to encourage you. You don't have to perform for anything or anyone. You don't have to perform for God. You don't have to perform for people. You don't have to perform for yourself. Well, what am I going to do if I'm not going to perform? If I'm not performing, live. Actually live. Have life in your bones. Follow the Lord. Do what he's telling you to do. Engage with him. Collaborate with him. It it's actually begins to become life. Amen? Life. So, so what's the answer? What's the answer if we put our identity in other things? Oh, the answer is actually really, really simple. The answer is Jesus. The answer is getting so overwhelmed and dive so deep into who you are in him that all that other crap starts to fall off. Because that's what it is. It's just crap. It's junk. It's not who you are. Man, but I, I just, I really, really feel, I really, I really care what people think. I know. I know. Well, what should I do? Look to Jesus. Dive into to, to Jesus. Dive into what he bought and paid for. Dive into the grace on your life. Dive into who, he, who God says you are, who the Father has made you to be. And begin to read it and read it and read it and begin to declare it and declare it and declare it. I'm righteous. I'm pure. I'm forgiven. I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. This is what Paul was actually teaching us. Remember what he said? He said, you have this new life. He said, seek things above, not the things of the earth. You want to know one of the greatest revelations of things above? Is that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and you're seated there with him. You know what he meant? One of the things I think he, he meant when he said, look at things above, he was saying, hey, I need you to look at your position. Check out your position, bro. Girl, whatever you call it's, I, don't, I don't have a good term for, bro sounds so cool, you know. Can I call everyone bro? No, I can't do that. Okay. Look at things above, not the things of, the, of this earth. You know, you know what happens when you look at things of this earth? You perform. It causes you to perform. But when I look up and look at things above, what do I see? I, I see my position. There was, there's one seat at the right hand of the Father, and it's for Jesus. And, and, and then this crazy, I mean, I can't even explain it. He says, you're seated there with him. 
We're seated, because why? Because we're in him and he's in us. There is no greater honor than that. There's nothing on earth. You can be a scratch golfer and it still doesn't compare. You can make millions of dollars. You can have a great kingdom business, even good things, great things, godly things. And it doesn't compare to that position. And the, and the coolest part about it is none, none of us did anything to get the position. This is the beauty of coming to Jesus. This is the beauty of, of, of looking to him. Is when we look at him, he's the only thing that we can put our identity in that we don't perform for. Think about that. Remember, I made, I made that statement. Anything you have your identity in is a thing you're performing for. Accept him. Because when you look to him, he says, no more performing. No more performing. I did it all. Wait, Jesus, you... What, is it, what do you mean you did it all? It means I did it all. I've already provided everything. Well, 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 well Jesus, what, what do I do? Don't perform. Believe. So you're saying that I just need to believe? I'm saying that you just need to believe. Believe that I did everything I said that I did. Believe that you are everything I say you are. Believe that my one act on the cross actually finished it for good. Your identity is completely set. Yeah, Lord, but I, I man, what if people don't like me? You know what Jesus would say? A lot of people didn't like me either. What if I get mistreated? There was no one more mistreated than our Savior. What if they don't honor me? They didn't honor me either, son. Our identity is completely in him. We don't need the approval of man. We don't need the big job, although it might be from him, hear me. We don't need the title. We don't need the friend group. All we need is actually him. Is being a son enough? It is. Is being a daughter enough? It is. I just want to read this and then we'll be done. By an act of love, sacrifice, and obedience, Jesus ushered in a better, a better covenant and erased our need for performance. 
have good news for you today. We don't have to perform anymore. We don't have to perform for God. We don't have to perform for others. We don't have to perform for ourselves. We can actually start to live. I'm going to go ahead and close right there. I had a whole nother mini message to preach after that, but I, can't, I don't have time to get there. <clears throat> I'll give you a little, a little um, snippet of, of where we're headed just to help you as, you as you go from here. One of the things, one of the thoughts you will begin to deal with when you begin to realize it's not about performance and you put all your identity into him is you'll start to have this question, well, then what do I do? Because God, Jesus taught us a lot of things to do. There's a lot of things to accomplish in the kingdom. There's a lot of direction he gave us. Now, I plan to preach uh, more on this, but the, I, I believe this, this, this statement will help you. God has not called us to live a life of performance. He's called us to a life of stewardship. He's called us to stewardship, not performance. Are there still things for us to do? Yes. Is there still a call of God on our life? Absolutely. Is there still a purpose that we, do we still need purpose? Yes, we do. Do you have a purpose? Absolutely. And he gives you this purpose, why? It's to steward it. Notice in the parable of the talents, they did not work for it, they were given it. It says the kingdom is like a man who goes on a journey and gives these men talents. He gave it to them. Did they work for it? Nope. He gave it to them to steward. Say, so how do I, what's the difference? What do I, don't perform in it, steward it. Knowing that no matter, no matter how well or how bad you do, hear me, it will not affect your identity because that's completely sealed up. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.